1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
2: Time for hour number two of Fantasy Sports today. As we kick in a little football talk, we'll go over the latest with Andrew Luck. talk about some practices. Also, Tom Kessinick is going to join us for a little discussion on average draft position. Derek Schultz will talk some Indianapolis Colts. We're locked and loaded. Football talk only. Hour number two starts now.
3: I'd like to talk a little bit about
1: sports. Sports today. Well hit, down
3: the left for way
4: back and... for three.
2: Puts it in! GrayRasball.com Guys don't hit fluky 118-mile-per-hour home runs. It just, it just doesn't happen often. Like, there's out
5: of the, you know, thousands of home runs hit this year, there's only three homers hit harder than that. So I'm, I'm actually really in on Aquino. I feel like, you know, if we're going to talk 2020, he could actually be undervalued no matter what he does the rest of the way because I feel like a lot of people will think it's fluky. I don't think it's fluky.
2: Welcome back. It's hour number two of fantasy sports today. Craig Mish back with you here as we got you until two o'clock Eastern, and then we're going to send it over to full time fantasy. Thanks for those of you who have been listening to the entire show, and welcome into hour number two. Well, look, it is. Uh, we're getting there. We're we're getting a lot closer now to fantasy football season, and uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed our college football show, which we had yesterday. And I I really feel like you guys get a little bit more of an understanding as to who some of the players are and kind of how they are covered in in, uh, fantasy. And I think that that's kind of important. I've never quite understood why fantasy players who play fantasy football – pay so little attention to college football? I guess that there's kind of that thought process that there's almost no idea where the players are going to be, and a lot of this is schemes, and a lot of this is certainly where they end up. But for me, I mean, it's about watching talent. It's about watching players who end up having a chance to star in your fantasy football team. If you're going to invest money in that, why not invest some time on Saturdays too? I think that that would be a great way to go about it. But that's just me. Back to the NFL discussion. What is going on with Andrew Luck? Does anybody really know? Does anybody really have a clue? I'll tell you why I'm worried about this. Now, I did a live stream on the Colts last night. Their win total is sitting somewhere between 10 and 11, 10, 10 and a half. I I don't know what to do about him. Last year, I had no interest in drafting him whatsoever after he missed the full year. And he burned anybody who thought that way about him. He was fantastic. But now we're going into yet another season where we don't know. The Colts have not done a good job telling us what the deal is with this guy. He's almost hidden. They're confident he's going to play week one, but he's not going to play in the NFL preseason. That's extremely rare. Historically, go back and look at players... Not that have held out, but players who have been hurt that didn't play in the preseason, they very rarely play in weeks one and two in the NFL season. So they can say whatever they want about him being hopeful for it. I don't think that you can count on that, and that's a big downer to anyone in that Colts offense, that is for sure. Good news, though, on the side of the Raiders. Antonio Brown, it looks like he's back. It looks like he went online and found his helmet. I don't know who he bought it from. I don't know how he got it. I actually have a couple of the helmets that he was referring to; those air helmets. I have a couple of those, those shut air. I do, but I have them. don't know if he's looking for an NFL one. I think I have a Gators one somewhere. Well, don't use sure. it.
6: Okay, it's illegal. Okay, don't use it. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I could. I could
2: send Antonio Brown my Gators helmet. I think they would have to paint it or something like that. But I have it.
6: He tried that too with the. I have the a Gators. Cu- he tried <laughs> psyching them out.
2: I think I have a, a couple. I think I have. Um, I'll have to look. I think they're in my storage unit. But what happened was, Sean, is that I used to do a TV show, yep. and they sent us helmets for the TV show, and so I think I have probably six or seven still. Wow! But I hey, haven't gators? looked in years. And but th- gator helmets? Uh, different teams, different oh, different, different team. college oh, okay, teams. Okay, okay, okay. And what happened is the era that he's asking for, is it like it had to be made before 2011, but still be new? Like, I have that. Like, I have those. I thought of that. Save it. It's going to be worth money. I'm just not getting into the whole thing with Antonio Brown. I'm not going to do that. Do you have the white Gator helmet?
6: Sorry. Sorry. Do you have the white Gator helmet? No,
2: I have the regular Gator helmet. Oh, I like
6: the white one better.
2: I'll take a, I'll go to my, my storage unit and take a picture of the ones I have, and I'll show it to you. I have cool, a lot. Cool, cool, I definitely have like five or six, Uh, but I don't know if they're all those air, but they're in the box still. Never yeah, I have took a couple out.
6: of Buffalo Bills helmets, too.
2: That probably is the sure you old do. one, yeah. By the, by the way, uh, on the live stream that we did our over-unders yesterday, my favorite one of all was over seven wins on Buffalo. I like it. So if that, it, ma- it, it's if all... that makes you feel any better.
1: <laughs> Not,
6: well, if they win over seven, I'll
1: I'm
2: pretty good with yet. the totals. I'm okay with totals. What,
6: what do you have for the Jets, then? The Jets are right around the same.
2: Seven and a half, yeah. I, I had over also on good, them. Good,
6: me too. I have them over, too.
2: I had my big under on Houston. That was the one oh. that I think is just way off. I think Houston's one of the worst teams in football. Wow, they're favored to I second in that
6: division after the Colts.
2: They're eight and a half is their total. That was way too high. I think they're like a six win team. I think they would re- go through a rebuild after the year. But again, I like the you know, Jags think in that happen. division. That's... Yeah, we uh we saw the Jags at eight, Tennessee was at eight, and I'm like, I have no idea. Like I could see Jacksonville winning eight games, I could see Tennessee winning eight games, so we just stayed away from those two. Can give you an idea of those. But anyway, I digress. Uh coming up next, more fantasy football discussion, a little pop culture too. What's the latest with Golden Tate? What's the latest with Kenyon Drake? And also this report about Chris Carson getting a lot of targets. Come on. Do we really believe in all this stuff? Not to mention the latest lines in the Florida-Miami game for next week and the Hawaii game as well uh, against Arizona. So we'll break all that down. More pro football, college football coming up next. Fantasy discussion. You can also dial up the show at any time. As always, 844-843-6879. 844-843-6879 844-843-6879 if you want to hit us up here on the show. I look forward to talking more fantasy football with you throughout the season. Don't forget, on Friday's show, we're going to have former big league pitcher Brad Ziegler along for the ride. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. I'm Craig Mish. we got to take a quick timeout here on the show. We'll be back with more FST in just a couple of minutes right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Don't go away.
3: um Fantasy Sports Today with Craig
5: Mish.
2: All right, welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish back with you here as we mix in a little football discussion with our baseball discussion here in hour number two of the show. We're going to talk some NFBC average draft position with Tom Kesenek from the NFBC. He's coming up for you guys in about 10 minutes from now so stay tuned to that as well. So let's let's get into uh, a couple of other topics that are hot right now in football and I want to start with this one. I saw this report this morning and I don't know what it is about the uh, Seattle running game and For going into a season, I, I kind of been talking a little bit about a couple of different players on the Seahawks. The first is Tyler Lockett, and I think that he's a little bit undervalued. Now, I had a conversation yesterday during my live stream with Howard Bender, and I thought that he made some really good points to me when I asked him about it. I'm like, well, you know, look, if Lockett is basically taking Baldwin's spot, then why is Lockett being drafted so low in fantasy drafts? And he basically said, well, look, he's just not the same guy. He's not going to go over the middle. He only catches deep passes. And look, I think that there is something to be said for that. Maybe Baldwin in his prime, which obviously was not last year, was the more talented player. But for me, when I look at what I think that Lockett could end up doing, I still see numbers similar, if not better, than what they were last year. And I know that that grades out potentially as a wide receiver too, which is where he's being drafted. But give him 10 to 15 more catches and four more touchdowns, which is possible. I think that grades out maybe as a wide receiver one at the end of the season. So that's just something that I wanted to bring up today because I think it's still topical. Also in terms of Seattle, Joe Fan, who covers the Seahawks on Twitter this morning, put out a report that uh, Offensive Coordinator Brian Schottenheimer wants Chris uh, Chris Carson's targets to be in the 50 range. Now, last year, Carson had 24 targets. Mike Davis obviously was a big part of this and still kind of it just it, I give pause to this. I'm just not sure that I buy this. Now, Rashad Penny is still there also. And Carson's going more or less as a running back, too. And coaches like to say these things sometimes to motivate players. And I think in the particular case of Carson, he would have to really fall to me in a position where I would pull the trigger there because I don't think that you draft Rashad Penny two years ago and completely give up on the guy. I was not a huge fan of the draft pick. I was not a fan of him at all in fantasy last year, and I'll explain to you why. He came from a running system in college, so I didn't know necessarily that that was going to translate over to the NFL. But I will also say this. When an NFL team invests in a player, and they invest a relatively high pick in a player, they're very unlikely to just punt that player after a year or even two. So I think that there's going to be more of a split than they're indicating here. And so if you asked me how many targets, per se, that Carson would have, I would put it somewhere in the 30s. I, I think that 50 is a little too high. Give him two to three every game. 16 times two is 38. That seems to be more reasonable than 50. I think that 50 number is a little bit high. News doesn't get any better for the New York Giants. Golden Tate lost his appeal. I thought that... Uh, Tate's personal appeal on, on social media made a lot of sense. And I feel really bad for the guy because he seems to be a relatively good guy. But again, we only know these these guys from the helmet as opposed to in person. But the NFL apparently not buying it at all and still going to suspend him. So the Giants' wide, wide receivers are pretty much a mess and, and still continue to be. And I really just don't have any interest in Tate. Haven't had any interest in him in a year and a half or two years. Thought he was really good with Detroit and definitely had a couple of really strong years but after that trade you kind of knew the end was near wouldn't surprise me at all to see this be the last year or the second to last year of uh, of Tate's career but he's had a really good one give him a lot of credit there dolphins and buccaneers are practicing in in Tampa today they're going to play each other this week in the preseason and bad news for Miami is that Kenyon Drake was seen in a walking boot today does it does it get any more discouraging with this particular player it's just constant this is like the second year in a row where it's like you want to believe and you want to build up value in a player that doesn't exist that happens a lot in fantasy it's like we talk ourselves into certain players in fantasy and I think Drake has been one of those guys like we know the talent is there but you just don't see it in full Armando Salguero, who covers the Dolphins today he said that it's going to take quote a while to heal in his foot injury. So Kalen Balaj looks like the Dolphins' running back at this point. Now uh, Chris Greer was there last year. He's the general manager of the Dolphins. Brian Flores was not, so he they did not have direct responsibility for drafting Kalen Balaj. But look, this is a second-year player. Miami invested a mid-round pick on, and I would think that there's an opportunity that he would be given a chance. In 2019, that is for sure. The Athletic reported that uh, Jeff Wilson returned to uh, camp for the San Francisco 49ers. It would seem to be Wilson's on the outside looking in to make the roster, although with Jarek McKinnon's ACL injury and Raheem Mostert had a concussion, that there is certainly a chance he could make it. In fantasy last year, there were four or five guys viable at the running back position for the 49ers. Kind of bizarre. Because even on a team where they didn't have their quarterback from about the midway point on for the rest of the season, they still were getting pretty good production as to whoever started out of that out of that spot. So I don't know if it's scheme or, or offensive line or whatever it is, but you cannot sleep on Tevin Coleman. You cannot sleep... On Matt Breida, you cannot sleep on Mostert or any of the running backs that are on San Francisco because they may end up starting for you at one point this season. Amari Cooper, according to a report by Maven Sports, has plantar fasciitis. And uh, this is not something that you ever want to hear because this becomes a guy that probably isn't going to be practicing a lot for the Dallas Cowboys this season. We've seen these kind of injuries happen before. They can, can be painful. This is the bottom of the foot. I don't. The Cowboys say they aren't concerned, but why take the risk, right? Why take the risk if this is the deal with somebody like this? So I'm not sure. A little bit worried, to be honest with you. If if a speed guy has plantar fasciitis, Darius Geis uh, returned to practice, but still has not been cleared to play in games. He's coming off an ACL injury and now a hamstring injury. And it's very unclear as to when he'll be clear to play in preseason games. Now, Adrian Peterson looks like he's going to be the starting running back again with the Redskins. But another injury to a, to a player at a running back position with an ACL going on almost, what, 12 months and not being able to see the guy play in regular season games. If you wonder who the other one is, that's Jarek McKinnon. It was it was in the past all it was always kind of that second year that the guy came back from the ACL injury and can help you in fantasy. You like you had to wait out that first year coming back. The guys weren't always at full strength. But I don't recall two years in a row or excuse me, two players in a calendar year that come off the ACL injury and don't even get to play in that following year. I thought we were making advancements in medicals, but apparently not, especially with these two players as I don't think you're going to see McKinnon or Guy suit up in week one of the NFL season. And that is the latest as to what's going on in the, uh, in the NFL, in terms of fantasy, that's what's going on on the field and practices and all of the reports. What we'll do coming up next is find out how some of these injuries are affecting fantasy football. When we're joined by Tom Kessen, he joins us, From the NFBC, Tom does a great job with fantasy baseball and fantasy football. And the NFBC is quickly becoming the go-to spot for a lot of fantasy drafts. So he'll join us coming up next. Also, don't forget you can listen to our show 24 hours, 7 days a week on the iTunes app as well as Stitcher and our own FNTSY app as well. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Craig Mish. Coming up next, we dive into a little average draft position with Tom Kesinick and then we'll talk some Indianapolis Colts football in the following segment after that before our final segment of exit velocity fantasy sports today rolls on in just a couple of minutes don't go away we'll be right back
4: I feel better. I have more energy. I walk 12 miles a day. I feel great. It's changed my life. It really has. It's really incredible. Guys, if you'd like to
3: lose belly fat, gain energy, and feel great, try Andro 400, the safe, natural, and affordable way to boost your testosterone. Go to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435. 888-400-0435. andro400.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best
1: best friends the best friends forever if you watch him play there's just no doubt dd westbrook is a talented player someone who is a good route runner someone that can make plays after the catch as well and this seems like a natural marriage here between him and nick Foles, given that he plays in the slot nick Foles likes to target those slot wide receivers i think dd westbrook's in a good spotter i have him one spot ranked higher than Corey davis as my wide receiver 35 watch live weekdays 2 to 4 p.m eastern on the fntsy youtube channel Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish.
2: All right, welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish here with you as uh, another week of the NFL preseason is upon us. And let's get an update in terms of average draft position with really the pinnacle of a lot of these fantasy football drafts, which is going on right now. On the NFBC, they do a lot of great work for baseball and football. And joining us to discuss that, as always, is my friend Tom Kessinik from the NFBC. Tom, thanks so much for coming on the show. Good to have you.
4: Thanks, Craig. Great to be here. Appreciate it.
2: All right. Well, uh, Tom, let's. Uh, you know, I-, I follow you on social media. And I follow a lot of the news and notes and things that you've been following. And so I guess we can kind of start here. Since the beginning of when the NFBC opened and people started getting involved in very heavily, I would say, in fantasy football drafts, let's call it the last couple of months. What are the biggest trends that you've seen from players in terms of risers and fallers? And we can start there.
4: Well, I, I can tell you the biggest shift that we've seen in the last few weeks. When our drafts began, now keep in mind, our NFSC drafts began way back in February. So we started registration while we were still, you know, gearing up for baseball. So that's how, that's how passionate our football guys are about uh, taking part. But the earliest kind of results that we saw were we would see eight or nine running backs going in the first round of our 12-team drafts. That was standard for the first several months really, of our drafting season. And now as we've shifted into August and since really since training camp started, now we're seeing wide receivers starting to move up more and more often into the first round where we're actually seeing more of a 50-50 split between running backs and wide receivers. Now the upper half of the first round continues to be dominated, especially the first three picks. They are locked in running backs. Barkley, Kamara, McCaffrey, the order varies, but they are the top three guys. But as we get deeper into the first round, we're now seeing more and more wide receivers come in. So it's actually becoming, whereas we were seeing eight to nine running backs before, now we're seeing a more of a 50-50 split.
2: Tom Kesnik is with us uh, from the NFBC. And, and yes, yeah, certainly the NFBC drafts and fantasy football have been going on now for months. Although here on this show, we're just kind of getting into it now over the last week or so. And, and I know that, Tom, it becomes so problematic, especially in that first round. When you have two players, arguably in the top 15, that potentially were holding out. And then, of course, Antonio Brown. And I saw over the weekend, Tom, last weekend, where Antonio Brown's fluctuation in terms of ADP is just so wild in the NF, uh, NFBC. So let, let's kind of dive into that a little bit on two subjects. The first is wading through those two running backs and how you think people are viewing both Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon and and how the fluctuation of Antonio Brown, I don't know that we've seen a guy go this far up and down over a one-week period maybe in history. Right. Yeah,
4: well, let's start with the running backs, and you're right. You're talking about two guys who were top ten picks, okay? Elliott was a top four pick. He, I mean, we had a big four in our drafts for months, those three running backs I mentioned before, and Elliott. So what's happened now? Now we're starting to see in the last week or so, we're seeing our guys are backing off Zeke a little bit to the point where he has dropped from fourth to sixth overall in our ADP. David Johnson now, excuse me, Yondra Hopkins now is four. David Johnson is five. Elliott's six. So we're seeing more people back off. He's not falling out of the first round yet. The furthest he's dropped in the draft this week is 10th. He's still gone as high as third in the draft. So people aren't backing off him entirely, But predominantly, he's starting to slip a little bit. Now, Melvin Gordon, on the other hand, has dropped significantly and continues to drop. Again, he was top 10 up until the holdout began. And now he's dropping into the third round. His ADP this week is right around 28. So a few picks into the third round, he's gone as low as 43rd in a draft this week, which is into the fourth round. So Melvin Gordon is definitely dropping without question. As far as Antonio Brown... You're right. I mean, a lot of fluctuation with him. He was kind of going middle-ish of the second round up until the whole foot thing and the, the helmet thing and all the goofiness that's been going on with him. So he was, let's say, 17, 18 pick off the board. Now he's dropping a little bit. The overall ADP this week is still right around 22, but that's still a few picks of a drop, but he has gone as, he's dropped as far as 28th overall, which is into the third round, so there is some fluctuation with him we'll see what happens going forward now with him now that he is at least back in camp
2: tom uh, let's stick on uh, the wide receiver subject because there is also more uncertainty as i'm noticing here and looking at the nfbc uh, rankings which you can certainly uh, find online as well Uh, tyreek hill seems to have a lot of fluctuation as well some up some down with him and um, and what do you make of A.J. Green at this point? Because I know some people, it's like they've eliminated off his board for some, and yet I still see him as kind of a top 100 overall pick in some other NFBC drafts. So let's talk about Tyree Kill and A.J. Green.
4: Yeah, A.J. – excuse me, Tyree Hill, first of all, right now, this week in our drafts is the seventh wide receiver off the board. ADP right around 14. Him and Juju Smith-Schuster are almost identical right now. Uh, But but he has fallen. He's fallen to 19th. That's the furthest he's fallen in any draft this week, which is again kind of back half of the second round there. So I think I think overall he is going to be a top 15 pick. I think he's going to be locked in there. It would not surprise me to see him go into the first round as we get closer and closer to the start of the season because obviously there's a ton of upside there with him in that offense with Patrick Mahomes. As far as AJ Green, his ADP up until the foot injury. Uh, ankle injury was around right around 36. So he was going like late third. And since then, he's dropped about 20 picks overall. ADP this week, right around 59. But to me, that's still a little too high. I, I, I'm not comfortable with that. I like A.J. Green a lot. I was viewing him as a value pick at the end of the third round, but that was assuming he was going to begin week one. And then I'd worry about an injury during the season because that's a problem with A.J. Green right now, durability. So now you've already got an injury so that if he does come back, let's say he misses a couple of games and he does come back, you still got to worry about an injury during the season because he tends to get hurt during the season now. That's who he's become. So to me, I would be fine with him about six rounds, seven rounds into the draft, but he's really not falling there. So I'm probably going to end up with zero shares of A.J. Green because he's just going a little too early for me given the situation around him at the moment.
2: You can follow Tom Kessinick, at Tom Kessinick, of course, on Twitter. And really interesting discussion in terms of who is up and who is down in terms of fantasy. I think the one thing that seems to be consensus at this point, Tom, is that outside of perhaps taking Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, man, the value is just there. Even in this ADP that I'm seeing from virtually every other quarterback in the NFL, it almost seems as though if you don't take Mahomes – you're just better off waiting because you can get guys in the ADP range of between 100 and 200 and even beyond that are even statistically about the same as the guys who are higher. So does that seem to be the case? And do you agree with that theory going into this year?
4: Absolutely. I mean, I'm a weight on quarterback guy to begin with. I, I never have one of the elite options. I'm not going to use a, a pick in the first three rounds or four rounds on a quarterback, but I've never seen a year like this. And I've been playing this game for a while. I've never seen a year where there's, this much talent at quarterback and depth. I mean, let's say you look at the top 12 picks. Okay. that Those are typically going to be your starters, right, in a 12-team league. Right now, Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, Phillip Rivers, are, Kirk Cousins are all outside the top 12. All of them are viable fantasy starters. And right now you can draft them as backups. Or you can really, really wait and get one of them or two of them and package them together and not spend a a top 100 pick on a quarterback. I mean, Russell Wilson's ADP this week is 116. Roethlisberger's 122. Rivers, 134. I mean, all of these guys are good quarterbacks. Are they Patrick Mahomes? No. But they don't have to be Patrick Mahomes for you to win a fantasy title. They just have to be who they are. And then while other people are investing in Baker Mayfield or Matt Ryan or Aaron Rodgers, you can be investing in the – Positions that are going to drop off more in talent, like running back or wide receiver or maybe tight end. So I think that's the key. That's the most, uh, I would say, the smoothest path to fantasy success this year is wait on those quarterbacks. And while other people are really diving in, you hit on the positions that are going to really start dropping off in talent.
2: All right, Tom. Uh, before we let you go, tell people about how they can get signed up uh, on the NFBC. I mean, it's so popular. I know that it's growing not just in football but in baseball as well. Give people an idea how they can get signed up in some of the events you guys have up coming up.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we got drafts going on every single day at playNFFC.com. dot com. So anything you want, entry fees that start as low as twenty five dollars. We have drafts. We have auctions. We certainly have our live events that are coming up in a couple of weeks in new york and las vegas so if you're interested in joining us live check out our cities link that's on the site and you can sign up for that we have some spots available so again it's play nffc.com drafts every single day and again entry fees are as low as 25 dollars, so you can't beat it
2: all right tom thank you so much for being on the show as always great to catch up with you we'll catch up again soon okay
4: sounds good thanks craig
2: tom kesenick with us here on fantasy sports today the nfbc obviously now becoming the pinnacle of a lot of the drafting in fantasy football some of the high stakes and low stakes leagues are simply the way that you want to go and of course uh, i participate in the nfbc and drafting the great fantasy baseball invitational here in 2019 i look forward to doing it again in 2020 All right, plenty more fantasy football discussion to come. But as a reminder, folks, for those of you who listen to the show and listen every single day, there's a great way that you can end up getting involved in fantasy football season. And that's why you want to make sure that you go over to rotoexperts.com and check out the NFL 365 fantasy football package, including the best math-based seasonal projections Rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis, Maddock, and the Roto Experts, they've got you covered with dynasty, season long, and best ball formats, giving you an edge regardless of what type of season long fantasy football you play. You can save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 fantasy football package. Only at rotoexperts.com. A great way to help you in your fantasy football leagues coming up this season. Coming up next, more fantasy football discussion, getting you ready for all of the Thursday night fantasy football games, updating you on everything happening in the world of fantasy football. I'm Craig Mish here on Fantasy Sports Today, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Plenty more to come. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes.
1: Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic
0: facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-3793 immediately. That's 800-955-3793. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books, and unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They
1: Problem, call 1 800 Gambler 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Brain Dance! Make it rain. The problem with Andrew Luck is not only will he not play in the preseason, he can't practice. He's not even practicing with the team. That's the big problem here. I'm officially worried. It went from being a calf injury to an ankle bone bruise to potentially a high ankle sprain. We have history with the Colts and Andrew Luck before in terms of leading the fan base on. I think it's a real issue. Absolutely. Weekdays, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish.
2: Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish back with you here on the show. And this coming Saturday, we'll get another view of the Indianapolis Colts in the preseason. They play against the Cleveland Browns. It's a 4 o'clock Eastern game before they real tune-up for the regular season, which is the following week against the Chicago Bears on Saturday, uh, August 24th. Let's get a little bit of Colts discussion here going from both a reality and fantasy point of view with Derek Schultz, who joins us now here on the show. You can follow him on Twitter at Schultz975. You can also hear him afternoons 3 to 7 Eastern on Fox Sports 1260. Uh, Derek, thank you for coming on the show and appreciate your time. How are you today? I'm doing great, Craig. Thanks for having me. Uh, no problem. Thank you for coming on and giving us the time without a doubt. Well, look, Derek, I'm sure on your show, uh, you're talking about it. We're talking about it here on our shows, too. Just the uncertainty, as it seems, two out of the last three years now on the franchise quarterback and arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and Andrew Luck. So uh, if you wouldn't mind just kind of giving us an accurate timeline as to you know how these rumors and, and what the facts are and the reality is of Andrew Luck, and then obviously your opinion on this whole situation.
6: Yeah, it's a mess. And you're right that it, it is reminding a lot of people here in Indianapolis of what happened in 2017. But really...
5: The health issues with Andrew Luck did all the way back to 2015, where week one against Buffalo, a game that they lost, uh, he supposedly cracked his ribs and later on that season lacerated his kidney and was lost for the year. And that's when the shoulder issue popped up as well. And then he played through the partially torn rotator cup in 16. He had surgery on the shoulder in the other season following the 16 season ended up being shelved for the twenty seventeen season. Last year didn't participate in anything uh, as far as offseason was concerned, Threw lightly in May camp and barely did anything in training camp and we didn't able to play all sixteen games. But it's it's very much a thing here we go all over again uh, with, with what happened specifically in twenty seventeen. The newest information that the, the Colts gave and general manager Chris Ballard met with the media last night was that it, it they believe the source of the pain that has been nagging him for the last couple of months is something in front of the ankle. Not necessarily a high ankle sprain, but something, and I'm going to use a quote here, high ankle-ish, whatever that means. Uh, originally, in March, Luck complained of the calf strain. Uh, the Colts tried to do some pain management stuff while he was rehabbing. Uh, he did participate in OTAs, but didn't do anything real heavy, because OTAs isn't real heavy, stuff anyway. Um, he did start the first couple of days of mini camp, including seven-on-seven drills, but he still felt pain and decided, look, I don't feel right. I've got to shut this down. He's been shut down ever since. The coach originally thought that it was something involved with his ankle. Um, apparently, that's not the case. The pain is coming up. High ankle-ish, whatever that means, uh, plus the calf. So, you know, honestly, Greg, it, it's kind of a who-knows situation. Um, we've been through this before where they say it's not a big deal, it's not a big deal, it's not a big deal big deal I think we've officially crossed the threshold where it's now become a big deal because week one and maybe beyond is very much in doubt now for the
2: franchise player of this team all right we're talking to Derek Schultz here and talking a little uh, Indianapolis Colts uh, football you can follow Derek by the way on, on Twitter at Schultz975 as we kind of dive into the Colts there Second preseason game is Saturday, 4 o'clock Eastern against the Cleveland Browns. They play the Bears, which will be a nice test coming up on Saturday, August the 24th. And certainly as we kind of roll on here, we get into what the Colts' future may look like. And so uh, let's kind of continue the conversation just on luck here. And Derek, I would ask you uh, the question here coming up in a couple of minutes. And I think that what everybody would be interested in knowing here is if a quarterback doesn't play in the entire preseason, can he play in the regular season of a game? And I know that there are a lot of quarterbacks that seem to know their system and players that just kind of know that they don't have to be on the field in week three or week four of the preseason, but then they could be there in the regular season. And so, uh, Derek, I I guess what I'm kind of wondering here is that if luck misses – Um, week two, week three, week four of the preseason, would he be able to play in week one of the uh, NFL season? Because what I would maintain is this, is that he knows the system. He's been there. He's been there for a year uh, in the new system that is being run by Frank Reich. He looked really good last year. He looked really comfortable working with all of of his wide receivers. He obviously got the performance last year. Uh, from Marlon Mack, who I thought did a great job too. And um, if he if he misses the whole year, can he still be effective in week one of the regular season? That's kind of the question that I would ask. So, uh, Derek, if he does miss uh, Saturday and he misses the twenty game on the 24th and then he doesn't play again against the Bengals, uh, do you think that he could just go without an entire preseason and still suit up if he's healthy week one? Yeah,
6: I, I do personally, and I, I apologize for the cell the issues there, uh, Craig. Sorry about that. Um, no problem. Th- there, he's not going to play Saturday. Um, the, Chris Bauer didn't rule out the rest of the preseason, but said that it's very unlikely he would play in the preseason. He wasn't going to play game four. N- no one plays game four. Uh, so, it, really, the, the most recent possible return date would be next Saturday against the Bears. So, it, it's very, very doubtful that he would be ready to go in 10 days if he's not ready to go right now. So, I think there's a very, very strong chance. In fact, I'd be surprised if we see Andrew Luck doing anything until practice week for week one against that opener against the Chargers. So the Wednesday of practice week, whatever date that is, September 5th. So we're talking about like three right. weeks from right right now. Um, he, you well, know, he basically did it last year where he barely participated in anything. He wasn't even throwing until the last day of minicamp in June. And then he came out and, and played 16 games and had a nice season. Uh, so I, I, I do think that... This is something that if he can if he can go and just get out there, he can shake the rust off and everything's going to be okay. Would you rather have the reps with your players, especially the new guys like Devin Funchess and Paris Gamble? and guys like? Yeah, of course you would. But he didn't have that last year and seemed to build a, a rapport right away with new guys like Eric Ebron. So I, I'm not as concerned about that. The, the number one concern here in Indianapolis is can they get luck on the field? Because once he's on the field, I think everything's going to be okay. But that's the big question mark.
2: Yeah, no doubt, uh, Derek. Uh, so, what would the offense look like? Dare I ask without Andrew Luck? Um, what would, I mean, look, two years ago it was a disaster. Um, yeah, you know, for most for, for most of the season, would be would we be headed down that road again this year?
6: Yeah, I, it's
2: it, it's tough to say
6: that it, it would be a, a rosy outlook for the Colts without Luck. Um, they are much more talented top to bottom, offense and defense, than the 2017 team, a lot of that's due to the fact that last year's draft class was so impactful, and, and they've really kind of overhauled this entire roster in, in the Chris Bauer era, especially the last two years, because he's technically started in 2017. So, I, I don't think that they would be the worst team in the NFL or anything like that, but they wouldn't have a chance to sniff in the playoffs, especially not with this schedule, where they have to go at Kansas City, at LA to face the Chargers, they have to go at Pittsburgh, they've got to go at New Orleans, and the AFC South is, is a good competitor I division now. This isn't like when Andrew Luck came into the league and the AFC South was a joke. It was basically a JV division. Um, that's not the case anymore. All, all three of the other teams are, are solid to, to pretty good. Um, so w- without Luck, the prognosis is not good. Um, they really like Jacoby Brissett. They like Jacoby Brissett a lot more than I do. Um, and he, I thought, performed admirably considering he was thrown into the fire. He was literally signed in September and then were brought in as the backup to Scott Tolzien, and Tolzien was such a disaster in that opener against the Rams that they threw Brusett in right away, and he started the rest of the year. Um, but overall, the jury is still very much out on, on how he is as a quarterback. So if luck can't go, that nukes whatever chances the Colts have of, of being a serious contender, because a lot of people felt like if, if luck was healthy, this team could contend in the AFC, maybe even be the number one contender to New England.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt, Derek, and I and I think that you know as you even look at their win total, ten, ten and a half, I think they could fly over that thing if if they do have a healthy luck, And, and let's I guess for the sake of argument. Uh, go with that assumption although it's probably not fair I I think most of our listeners know exactly who T.Y. Hilton is and what he can do if you if I if you had to guess like their top receiver last year essentially was Eric Ebron out of the tight end position would you guess that there would be some regression there for him this year after the great year that he had last year could he repeat that and if not who are some of the other offensive weapons that you would predict could take that next step for Indianapolis
6: yeah, Craig, I can't imagine that Eric Ebron's going to have 14 touchdowns again. That that was just – he was scoring every week. I mean, he, was, he, he became a must-play every week just because he might have one or two catches, but you knew you were going to get six. Um, I, I don't think that's going to happen again, but he's still a red zone target that the Colts want to use. They really like all three of their tight ends. Jack Doyle, who technically is the starter – had a, uh, a lacerated uh, kidney similar to what Andrew Luck had last year that ended his season, and he's been slow to rehab to to get his bearings. But I think by a couple of weeks into the season, you, you could be seeing a vintage Jack Doyle who could be an option. They like Mo Ali cox as well, a converted basketball player who's a big guy who's been in the system for a while, who's been a red zone target, uh, and they love to use their tight ends, and, and they love to use the backs as well. Um, I, I think a sleeper – maybe if you're in a deeper league is Naheem Hines who is going to start as their second running back but a guy that can catch the ball especially if you're in a PPR league I, I believe he was third in receptions last year for the Colts um, he could be an option and I'm expecting a huge season for Marlon Mack um, I, I think he's a big breakout candidate he had 900 yards last year in just 12 games and that was with a nagging hamstring injury at the beginning of the year so I think he's a good option Devin Funches is a boomer bust candidate very similar to Ebron if things click for him like they did for ebron it could work but uh, he did not show much in Carolina, and I don't think you can just blame that on, on Cam Newton. And then two other young guys who they really like, who haven't taken an NFL snap yet, uh, Deion Kane and Devin Funches. Kane was a late-round pick out of Clemson last year, who blew his ACL in camp after having a really great first couple of weeks. And Paris Campbell from Ohio State um, was deemed by some to be a gadget player, but Frank Reich and, and Nick Siriani, who's their offensive coordinator, have just raved about this guy all off-season long. Off long. Um, promise Problem is he's dealing with a hamstring injury, too, so that may slow him down in the early weeks.
2: All right, Derek, let's, uh, let's end with this. I, I know that there are some dynasty league owners out there who drafted Deontay Foreman a couple of years ago, and they've been just waiting for him to click. And I know the Colts signed him, but I'm not really hearing a ton of positivity even with him with, with the Colts and just kind of where he fits in. I mean, will he make the team? Is he still worth holding on to, or should is that kind of to be determined at this point?
6: As of right now, it doesn't look like he's going to make the team. Uh, The Colts are are pretty crowded at running back because, uh, clearly, it's Mack and Hines 1-2, and then there's a big gap. But Jordan Wilkins is a a, a guy like Hines, who they drafted last year, who they used a lot, and and a guy that can catch, uh, block, he can do a lot of different things, um, who they like to use kind of as a a little bit of a Swiss Army knife as the third running back. Um, So I think he's probably in the catbird seat. It depends on how many running backs they're going to keep, but I think Foreman's really behind the eight ball considering that that he joined late, and um, I, I've heard good things so far. I haven't heard the same things that I heard in Houston as far as work ethic and all of that that, that kind of pushed his early exit out of there, but it looks, like, um, it looks like it'd be a little bit of a long shot, especially if we're to assume that Andrew Luck can't go in week one and the Colts really have a crunch with their 53-man roster that there's going to be a spot available for Foreman.
2: All right, well, Derek, uh, thank you again for coming on the show. Just like my show, you can hear Derek's show on iHeartRadio and also on Fox Sports 1260 in Indianapolis. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Schultz975. Derek, thanks for coming on the show. Again, we'll hope for the best and hope for your guys' sake for sure that Andrew Luck is on the field. It'll make for better radio probably without him, but a better season with him, <laughs> that's for sure. I know that. So, uh,
6: thanks it's for been coming three on. years of talking Derek. about this, so I'm, 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 I'm ready. I'm ready for him to be healthy and ready to go. But thanks so much, Craig. Anytime.
2: All right, Eric Schultz uh, joining us here, and you can hear him again, iHeartRadio, 3-7 to 7 Central uh, out of Indianapolis. Colts are one of those teams that I think a lot of people feel have a chance to challenge the New England Patriots or challenge the Kansas City Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl, but there is no doubt that without Andrew Luck on that team, there is virtually no shot whatsoever. Hmm. All right. Well, coming up next on the show, as always, we end the program with a little bit of exit velocity. We'll give you a hot topic to end the show. And then coming up at 2 o'clock Eastern, as always, it's full-time fantasy. Adam Ronis and Dr. Roto helping you win your fantasy football league. I'm Craig Mish here on FNTSY Radio. More of fantasy sports today rolls on in just two minutes. Don't go away.
1: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish.
2: All right, welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish back with you here on the show. Hope you enjoyed the baseball and football talk here on the show. We got the NFL preseason getting ready for tomorrow night. We got college football right around the corner. Plenty to get to, and yet the subject of exit velocity has nothing to do with any of that so let's hit I some fe- I've, 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 I
4: feel the need, the
5: need for
6: speed.
5: Ow! exit
1: velocity,
5: nice velocity. <laughs>
2: All right, had to end the show with a little exit velocity on a wedding crasher on the loose in Texas. I couldn't believe it when I read it this morning. If you have a wedding coming up in uh, South Central Texas, pay attention. They have this woman on video in Cornell County. Uh, She has been showing up at weddings and crashing them. And not only that, but she's stealing the people's guests. She even takes pictures with people and then just takes the gifts, putting them in her car. She's done this at several weddings. And right now, if you're living in Texas, you can make four grand just by identifying this woman and sending the information over to the authorities. She's not even trying to hook up at the wedding like the movie. She's just trying to take the gifts. And this has happened. They're saying it's several weddings, not one, not two. But uh, at least four or five different ones. If you go to CNN.com, there's a picture of this woman there, too. She's smiling in the pictures. She's doing very well at weddings, apparently. And not doing well in the hookup variety. Kind of strange. But anyway, four grand if you can pick out this woman. Have at it. Have fun. That'll do it for our show today. That's a little exit velocity. We'll be back tomorrow on Fantasy Sports Today with one hour of baseball from 12 to 1. And then a preseason week two fantasy football extravaganza. We'll go over all the games for Thursday night here on the show. We'll also, of course, take your calls throughout and, uh, and get you ready for your fantasy football drafts. So thanks again to Derek Schultz for coming on the show. Really appreciate him. Thanks again to Gray Albright for making his weekly appearance as well. And uh, thanks to Sean for helping us out, as always, producing the show and always doing a very good job. Full-time fantasy is coming your way next. Dr. Roto and Adam Rona's got the latest from everything going on in the NFL. And I'll talk to you tomorrow at noon right here on Fantasy Sports Today. My name is Craig Mish wishing you a great Wednesday afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow. See ya.